Welcome to the Wire to Wire podcast. As always, it's me, your host Yusuf, and I got a fun episode for you guys today. So without further ado, let's just get right to it. So the title of this episode is called The Power of Independence, and I really want to use this episode to focus on the emergence of independent media. Because if you look at the media landscape today, particularly when it comes to things like YouTube, as well as podcasts, we're starting to see the emergence of independent media channels that are discussing things such as sports, lifestyle, health and wellness, and even news as well. What it seems like is that there is somewhat of a clash that's happening between the independent media outlets and the mainstream media outlets. And I think what's happening is that if they haven't already, is that they're on a path of a collision course. And I think the perfect example of this is when you look at the emergence of Kwame Brown and Kevin Samuels. So I want to start with Kwame Brown. He was drafted 20 years ago. He was the first pick coming straight out of high school, drafted by the Washington Wizards. Now, typically when you're the first pick, there are certain expectations, and he didn't live up to those expectations. But the amount of criticism and negativity that came at this guy, you would think he was the worst player to ever play. And that's that couldn't be any further from the truth. But, you know, members of the media such as Stephen A. Smith, he essentially built his career off of tearing this man down. But needless to say, he's been the butt of a lot of jokes for the past 20 years, and he's always kept his mouth shut. Then recently, All the Smoke, a podcast with Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson, they had a couple episodes, one with Gilbert Arenas and one with the owner of the Lakers, Jeannie Buss, where they were, you know, taking little jabs at him. And he said enough is enough. He went on YouTube, did a live stream, and he responded to him. And then right when he's responding to those guys, suddenly Charlemagne from The Breakfast Club starts bringing up his family history and starts insinuating that because he comes from a family where there's a history of violence, you know, he must also be violent. And then Jamel Hill starts saying that he woke up and chose violence. Now, she says she was referencing Game of Thrones and making it a joke, but if it was a joke. It was not even in good taste because we know that word violence has been negatively associated with black men for so long. And then gradually people just kept coming at him and coming at him. And what's interesting is Kwame Brown, who used to be in the NBA and he's now retired and he's been retired for quite some time now. He literally went on his live stream and said, these are all the different tactics that they're going to deploy to try to discredit me. And literally, they did everything like he said they would. They called him violent, and they made fun of his playing career, and they kept doing ad hominem attacks. But what's interesting is not a single person has refuted any of the things that he said when discussing the mainstream media. When he discusses, you know, the racial bias and how when they're criticizing black players versus when they're criticizing white players, the level of criticism is not the same. He came with nothing but facts to show that there is a problem in the mainstream media and that they have, as he calls it, a go-along, get-along gang. And rather than try to refute what he's saying, all they're doing is they're just making ad hominem attacks against him. 
And this is why I say that there is a clash happening because he's literally exposing the entire playbook of the mainstream media and the mainstream media cannot do anything to refute it. So they're just attacking him personally. And this is a tactic that the mainstream media always uses. They've done it time and time again, but their foothold or their strength is not what it used to be because of the emergence of independent media. Now people are tuning out the mainstream and they're resorting more to these independent outlets. Guys like Kwame Brown. He doesn't work for FS1. He doesn't work for ESPN. He doesn't work for CBS or any of these organizations. He's just a guy who has several businesses and owns some land and a tractor like he always talks about. And he just sits in his living room, smokes hookah, and talks his shit. But what he's saying is factual. And he is saying things that we've all observed and that we've all noticed. But people don't say out in the open. People discuss it in barbershops. They they discuss it amongst their friends. But they never actually openly say it. He's going out there and saying these things. And the mainstream media is running scared. I mean, now they have Stephen A. Smith wearing these pan-African jackets to show that he has some black allegiance, all because Kwame Brown questioned his character when it comes to his, I don't want to say questioning his blackness, but questioning, you know, if you're a minority that's on the air, why are you always tougher on your own? That's a fair question. You say you're pro-black, but you're always so quick to attack one of your own. My all-time favorite player is Allen Iverson. And I remember when he was closer to the end of his career, Stephen A. Smith would write scathing articles about him. He brought up how this guy was a gambling addict. He was an alcohol addict. And his defense was, I was worried about the guy. But if you're worried about a person, wouldn't you reach out to them personally? I mean, you said this guy's been your friend for 10 plus years. Why didn't you reach out to him personally to make sure he's okay? Why did you write all those articles when you were a journalist, quote unquote, at that time, airing out his business and his family business. So it's these little things that the media does that I think people are fed up with. It has become so narrative driven now. And the thing is, it just started with political media, right? Your CNNs and your Fox News. But what happened is this started permeating other industries and it's everywhere now. And this is why I say that they're clashing because people are fed up with mainstream and they're starting to gravitate more towards those who don't have the corporate backings, who don't have the corporate interests. But here's where it can get dicey now. What happens if the corporation now starts getting their hands involved with independent media outlets, start paying them advertising dollars? Does the message change? Does the approach change? You know, Kwame Brown, and I love what the guy's doing and I agree with everything he's saying, but what happens now if corporations start offering money, right? What happens at that point? I think that's more of a long-term conversation because we are now just really starting to see the emergence of independence. And we're starting to see that it is something that's viable and it is something that is attainable. But it's yet to see if it's a sustainable business model. I guess that's something that we're going to have to see over time. But as of right now, yes, there is a clash. And the other name that I mentioned, Kevin Samuels. Now, he's been doing this for years, but in the past year and a half or so, his name has really blown up. And his main focus really is on lifestyle and dating. And 
you know, he caters his message towards men, but he also caters his message towards women. But he tells women what the expectation is and what they need to be doing and what they should be doing. And, you know, people say his message is harsh. But do I think that his message can be harsh? Not really. I think what he does, he just adds a little spice on it because at the end of the day, yes, he's a lifestyle coach and he's a dating coach, but he's still an entertainer. He has to entertain. That harshness is what keeps is why people watch. It's something to talk about. It's something to see. Whether you like it or whether you don't like it, you're still watching. You're still going to see. That's the purpose of entertainment. I don't really have a problem with that, but I know many people that that do. It is what it is. But if you notice, now that he's really blowing up, he's starting to face a lot of the same criticism. So you have DJ Envy from that same thing, Breakfast Club, which, by the way, is a very problematic show and I don't like. But we can have that conversation another time. DJ Envy started clowning him, saying that, oh, he's a lame because he rates women. Okay, but in this society, everybody's rating. Every, we all rate people based on our own metrics, based on our own standards. Women rate men all the time based on their income, based on their looks, based on their height, based on whatever. Everyone has metrics, but now when a guy does it, it becomes a problem. And if anyone wants to look into DJ Envy's history, he, he's miserable, but that's a conversation <laughs> for another time. But he's starting to catch all this flack from the mainstream. The mainstream media is in no position to be a moral compass for society. But now they want to do that whenever they're dealing with figures such as Kevin Samuels. And they want to get at him and say what he's doing wrong. But I think the real crux of it is jealousy. When I go through YouTube and I see he has a live stream on, sometimes I'll see anywhere from twenty-five to 40,000 people at a time watching his live stream. That's a lot of numbers. And he doesn't have a big media backing behind him. He doesn't have a big corporation backing him. He's just doing it off of his own grind, off of his own hard work, off of his setup. You don't think people like DJ Envy and all these other media outlets are not jealous or they don't feel threatened? Of course they do. Because not only is the message he's promoting going against the narrative of what they're pushing and what they're promoting, but it's also taking away their numbers because they can't eat off of him. Now, if you know how these machines are, these corporate machines, they're greedy. They want to eat off of everything. And the fact that this guy is doing his thing and they're not getting a single piece of it bothers them. So, of course, they're not going to dispel what he's saying with facts. So they're going to come with ad hominem attacks. And this is what guys like Stephen A. Smith, Charlemagne, DJ Envy, that's what they're there for. They're just there to do to do people's bidding for them. The reality is we need independent media because if mainstream media was the only thing that existed and it was for some time, we wouldn't be getting all the correct information. We would only be getting a piece of the story. And if you're a critical thinker like I like to think I am, you know that you cannot make entire decisions based on a small piece of the story. You need the entire thing. You, you need to get a full perspective you know the best thing for me is when you can see differing and opposing perspectives see what arguments they have to make and then from there you dis use discernment and then make an educated decision or make an or form an educated opinion based on all the perspectives but if you're only getting one perspective or you're only getting one narrative 
and then you base everything on that, well, then you're not really getting complete information. You're not making informed decisions. You're, you don't have an informed opinion. What you have is a narrative that you bought into because that's all that's presented. And if you look at the mainstream media, they do this all the time. Now, this show started as a sports podcast, so I can give you sports as an example. In basketball, or even in football, when you see a black athlete on the sidelines and he's yelling, he's angry, he's emotional, he's a malcontent. But when you see Tom Brady doing it, or you see Aaron Rodgers doing it, or a white athlete, he is passionate, he is hungry, he wants to win. Why the double standard? It's all about narratives. You know, Kwame Brown was the first pick in 2001, right? And they called him a bust. Stephen A. Smith made an entire career making fun of this man. Okay, in that same 2001 draft, Mike Miller, a white guy, was the rookie of the year. What the hell did Mike Miller accomplish in his career? And yet, no one says anything about Mike Miller. He's living a very comfortable life. No one is calling him a bust. He doesn't have to go on YouTube and defend his name because no one's throwing dirt on his name. Brian Scalabrini was a trash player by universal standards. And they gave him the nickname White Mamba, which is a play on you know Kobe Bryant's nickname, the Black Mamba. They called him the White Mamba. They turned how bad he was into something humorous that fans used to cheer him on in arenas. And do you ever hear the media call him a bust? Do you ever see Stephen A. Smith call him a bust or make fun of him? No, he doesn't. So this is what this is what Kwame Brown means. And this is what we observe when they talk about narratives. The media picks and chooses what they want to report on. And... You can, and let's just take sports out of it. Let's look at the political sphere. It happens the same, the same thing happens in the political sphere. Now, I don't want to get political on this podcast and I don't want to give my take or my opinion on the Israeli and Palestinian conflict. I don't want to. But one thing I will say when you look at how it's reported. Now, what would happen if Donald Trump was in office and this conflict was going on? He'd probably get a lot of heavy criticism for it. But now Joe Biden is in office, who the mainstream media likes for the most part. And nothing. There's no talking about how he's destabilizing the Middle East or anything like that. But if this was happening under Donald Trump's watch, they'd say, oh, look, he's a terrible leader. He's destabilizing the Middle East. Now, am I defending Donald Trump? No, I'm not. Am I criticizing Joe Biden? No, I'm not. All I'm saying is media narrative. When you look at the depiction, because media depiction can alter perception. And that goes across the board, no matter what the topic is. And what started in politics has now permeated into other industries. It happens all the time and it's starting to happen more and more. And I think consumers and audiences are tired of these narratives. They're tired of these things. And so what they're doing is they're gravitating and they're looking for other content and they're finding online communities of like-minded people. It's not an accident that Kevin Samuels has become what he's become. People have started observing and noticing certain behaviors in society. And he's speaking out on those things and people are gravitating towards it. I think all of this plays a role. And I think independent media versus the mainstream media is really just the microcosm of all these things, of all these different ideologies who are that are now, I guess, reaching a point of conflict and 
I think it's creating a divide, but at the same time, I think on the independent side of things, I think it's creating a movement of people who are just tired of the mainstream narrative because they're only getting one side of the story and they're not getting the full perspective. I mean, look at it like this. And I don't really watch TV much, but I know what's going on. I have an understanding of what's going on there. I mean, really think about it. When you turn on TV, is there anyone that's discussing the things that Kevin Samuels is discussing? Is there anyone on TV right now that's really discussing the things that Kwame Brown is discussing? And by the way, these are just two examples. I'm just using them because, you know, as of late, their name has been all around the media and they've become the face of this. But there's a whole bunch of other media outlets and individuals on YouTube and in the podcast world who have very similar content and very similar ideologies and who discuss the same things and are going against the same things. There is a clash happening. And to answer those questions, no, you don't really see them on television. But you'll see things like The View, right? You'll see shows like that that only give you one perspective, but you're not getting the other side of things. And I think people are going out into the world, you know, whether they're going into their jobs or they're just hanging out in certain places and certain spaces and they're inundated with these things and they're seeing it take place before their eyes and they're just tired of it and before the conversations that are happening on a lot of these programs on youtube they're not new conversations they've just been happening like i said in barbershops so they're happening around when you're just hanging out with your friends chilling like these conversations have always been happening but they just weren't out there like that but now everything is out there And because everything is out there being revealed, it's leading to this inevitable clash. But I think ultimately people are going to go with what aligns with their values. But I think what it's going to do is it's going to stop creating this isolation where people who had these thoughts or felt this way or who observed these things, they no longer necessarily have to remain silent and bottle it up. Now they actually have content that they can identify with that they can now start discussing more openly because it's out there now you know it really it's out there and i think with the rise of independence i think that's a good thing you know vault medium publications we're independent and i can sort of relate to some of the things that's going on i mean obviously not on that large of a scale because obviously i'm not a kevin samuels or a kwame brown but i remember last year when all these protests were happening with the whole George Floyd incident. And I said, hold on, I don't agree with the rioting. I don't agree with the looting. I think they need to be more productive and do more productive things. And I remember I was talking about that, you know, establishing your own systems, your own businesses. And I remember people were saying, you know, people were DMing me and hitting me up saying, oh, you're out of touch. You don't know what you're talking about. Okay, that's fine. I'm out of touch. I don't know what I'm talking about. But do you have facts? to not substantiate what I'm saying, because I can show you other cultures and other races that literally do the things that I was suggesting, and they're doing better educationally, they're doing better economically. So I actually have tangible facts to reinforce why I made the suggestions that I made. If you can take your emotions out of it, do you have any facts to refute it? Many people didn't. So it came the ad hominem attacks. I was out of touch. I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, you sound like someone who's privileged. But at the end of the day, this has nothing to do with privilege or any of those things. It's simply a matter of facts, right? But I easily could have just bought, I could have observed all those things, bottled it up and been annoyed. 
because not many people were saying the things that I, that I was saying. But you know what? At the end of the day, I was making a factual statement. I wasn't wrong in what I said. And so I think now what happens with the emergence, and this is why independent media is so important, because with the emergence of more independent outlets, now people can have access to more information that aligns with their values. So just because they're not hearing it in the mainstream, they no longer have to feel defeated or feel like, wow, man, there's no one out there who understands. No, there are people out there who understand. There are communities out there that now people can gravitate to. And it's good because now there's something for everyone. So people can now go with the content that best identifies with them. There's something for everyone. And I think it only opens up the marketplace now. This is what competition really is all about. You know, so at the end of the day, you know, Charlemagne, who, by the way, attacked Kwame Brown, he had to come out and not he gave himself donkey of the day and he had to apologize on air. Why did he do that? Because he made things personal by discussing Kwame Brown's family. So Kwame Brown started discussing his criminal history. You guys need to look up the stuff that Charlemagne does. But see, this is the problem with mainstream media. It's it's not universal. It's not across the board in terms of their standards of who they want to make the villain, who they want to make the good guy. I'm all for holding people accountable, but the mainstream media picks and chooses. So Bill Cosby got held accountable. Harvey Weinstein got held accountable. Why isn't Charlemagne being held accountable? Look at this guy's record sheet. Look at his rap sheet. Look what he did. He put dragonfly, he put dragonfly in a woman's drink and slept with her while she was unconscious. And then when he was 22, he had sexual relations with a 15-year-old minor. But this guy can go on a, radio, a nationally syndicated radio station and talk about people. And that's acceptable? So why isn't he being held to the same standard as other people? I'm not saying those people need to be defended. If you do, you do wrong, you should pay the price for that wrong that you do. But hold it across the board for everybody. But with the mainstream media, because they have certain people that they like, they give them a pass for certain things that they don't give other people. And I think that's the part that frustrates many. That, that's what turns people off away from them. And like I said, it's permeating in other industries. This is why ratings for traditional television are declining. But now on YouTube, there's a lot more content. And I'm pretty sure the suits and the powers that be who run a lot of these big corporations are seeing the emergence of some of these independent guys. And it makes them feel threatened. You think Charlemagne would issue an apology to Kwame Brown if he wasn't a threat? No, it's the fact that he was a threat. And if Kwame Brown keeps pushing it, this guy could lose his job. So he had to say something. He had to apologize. So we're living in a very interesting time right now. Like It's very interesting to say the least. Wow, like These things are really coming to a head. There's always going to be independent media and there's always going to be mainstream media. But now they're at a point where they're kind of reaching a crossroads. If you're a consumer of this kind of content, you know, you should enjoy it because the amount of variety and various opinions you're going to get is beneficial. I mean, don't get me wrong. There, there is a case of information overload because we have access to a lot more information than we've ever had before. But at the same time, if we can use discernment and judgment and we know how to balance things out and when to take a break and when to step away, this information might be good for us in the long run. But I think, you know, like I was mentioning earlier, that clash between independent and mainstream is reaching ahead. But I think in the long run, they'll be able to coexist successfully. I just don't think that the mainstream will be as dominant and will have as much of a foothold on the market as they once did. And if I had to make some long-term predictions, 
I think what we're starting to see is we're starting to see, we're going to see less Stephen A. Smiths, less Max Kellermans. We're going to start to see less Skip Baylesses because Kwame Brown, what he did was he really shed a light that these guys never played the game, but the way they talk about some of these guys, you would think that they were the greatest. Like when I listen to guys like Colin Cowherd talk about Russell Westbrook, and the way he talks down on him. Like, you have no fucking athletic ability. Who are you to talk? But I think what's going to happen is because, again, we all used to think this, but no one was actually saying it. But now what we're doing is we actually are coming out and saying it now. And eventually these executives are going to look at it and say, we cannot afford to have these guys on here. And eventually, we're going to start to see less of them on TV. Do I think Stephen A. Smith is scared? Absolutely. There's times when I would watch, when I used to watch ESPN, I don't really watch it no more. But he always used to talk down on the YouTubers and say, oh, those guys know nothing. It's actually, and as someone who has an independent media company, what we do is a lot harder than what Stephen A. Smith, Shannon Sharp, and those guys do. Just don't ever think otherwise. Those guys have it a lot easier, and it's not even close. They have producers who literally will come up with the topics. They have researchers and statisticians who will give them the numbers. All they have to do is just regurgitate the information and present it in an interesting way. As someone who has an independent media company, you have to do the research. You have to come up with the topics. You have to market it. You have to actually come out and produce the content. Then you have to edit the content. Then you have to put out the content. Like it's a lot more work and it's not even close. And eventually, these guys will become dinosaurs and you're going to start to see more former athletes go into those positions or they're going to just start up their own media companies like a Kwame Brown is doing because really the blueprint is there on how to build up your own media company. It's not a secret anymore that only a few elite people have access to. No, the blueprint is there. So I think we are going to see a shift in the landscape. But here's where things will get interesting is what happens when the corporations start approaching some of these independent media companies and start discussing advertising? Or in some cases, some of these media outlets start discussing buyouts. You know, will it still hold that authenticity? No, it may commercialize and they may join the mainstream, but guess what? A new independent media will pop, a new independent voice will pop up and then they'll replace the one that gets bought out. So it's literally, it's, it's going to be like a revolving door, right? Because we're living in a time of content now. So it's going to be a revolving door. So I think, yes, right now there's a clash and I think there's a spotlight on it. But I eventually, you know, once the shift takes place, you know, as the shift continues to take place, what we'll see is we'll start to see them start to coexist alongside one another. And I think independent media companies will, will find a lot more economic stability and a lot more business viability. And the mainstream media will continue to be what they've always been, but they're going to have to adapt their playbook a lot because now people are watching their bullshit. So they're going to have to start coming with a lot more facts and less narratives. People are waking up, so they're going to have to reduce the amount of lies and nonsense that they spew. And I think they're going to have to be forced to kind of change their approach and how they and how they present information. And I think even the personalities that we see, we're going to start to see less of them. And we're going to start to see more credible people who are actually in the field. And I'm not just talking sports. I'm also talking politically as well and all across the spectrum. So I think right now, 
we're living in a very significant moment in history, whether we know it or not, because we're finally seeing a battle of the Titans. So what used to seem like a mismatch now actually seems like a fair fight where the independent media has a slight upper hand. But the number one takeaway that I want the listeners to gather from this is that even though we're seeing this unfold before our very eyes, the power is in the people. The power is in the numbers. So if the people speak up, if you guys start to speak up and you guys start letting your voices be heard and let it be known where you stand, right? And you start leading with your voice and your pocketbook and your time and your attention, that's the key to victory. So even if some of these independent media outlets start acting up or they start moving away from what they were known to do or they start playing funny games, you guys have the right. You guys have the power. You guys have the voice. You can make things change. But this message is not encouraged enough, but the power is in the people. The strength is in the numbers. It's your time, your attention, your pocketbook, right? Your wallets that you guys can dictate. And because you guys can dictate those things and because you guys have power over those things, you have power over both sides of the spectrum, mainstream and independent. So I think what I want you guys to take away really is your power and what role you play in all of this. Because that's what all this battle is for. It's for you guys. It's for that. It's for the numbers. It's for that big populace that's out there of people who want to consume content. It's for your guys' attention. That's what I'm out here for. I want to get your guys' attention, but I want to earn those things, right? So it's about earning your guys' attention. It's about earning your people's trust. And you guys have the power, and it's time you guys recognize it and take it back. And that's what we're starting to see happen now. So that's the take. That's really the takeaway from this episode I want you guys to have. So it's called the power of independence because yes, the independent is starting to gain prominence, but that's because the people are giving them that prominence. If you guys weren't paying attention to these people, they would be nobody. They would just be like one of the many voices out there on the internet. But because you guys have that power, you guys are giving more prominence to independence. So with your guys' power, you can hold both sides accountable. All right. Well, that's all for today's episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. Until next time, I'm out. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Wire to Wire podcast. Be sure to share and subscribe. You could also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Yusuf underscore A official. Until next time.